0: Hello once again listeners, I'm delighted to welcome you to the latest episode of the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast in conversation with I'm Hugh Thomas, the Deputy Editor. In this episode, we're discussing the latest findings from the VIP study, which is a prospective case control study done in the UK that explores SARS-CoV-2 vaccine responses in immunosuppressed patients with inflammatory bowel disease or IBD. The first report from the VIP study, which gave data on anti-spike antibody responses to a second dose of vaccine, was published in the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology in February 2022. The latest paper is online now and appears in our November issue, and it reports on the immune responses, uh, including antibody and uh, T-cell responses, to a third booster dose of vaccine. I'm delighted to have first author Dr James Alexander joining me today to discuss the paper. Dr Alexander is a clinical lecturer in gastroenterology in the Department of Metabolism, Digestion and Reproduction at Imperial College London. His research interests are in the interplay between the gut microbiota and the immune system in IBD and colorectal cancer Uh, but during the COVID-19 pandemic his focus has been on understanding the impact of immunosuppressive therapies on responses to vaccination. Dr Alexander thank you very much for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So I just wanted to start and by kind of taking us right back to the beginning of this project and just explore a little bit about why the VIP study was required in the first instance. So, you know, what do we know about vaccine responses in this patient population of, of patients with IBD who are immunosuppressed and, and, and what are the key clinical questions that needed to be answered?
1: Sure. So prior to the VIP study, There were a number of studies in patients with inflammatory bowel disease uh, looking at response to to vaccination against infections other than SARS-CoV-2. And those studies showed variable effects of some of the different immunosuppressive therapies on immune responses. So, for example, uh, perhaps the best study would, was, um, the anti-tumor necrosis factor drug infliximab, which was associated with reduced immunogenicity to hepatitis A, hepatitis B, pneumococcal and influ- influenza vaccinations. But data on some new, some of the sort of newer drugs, such as anti-integrins, Uh, Anti-IL12,23, and anti- and Jak inhibitors were were definitely more limited, and of course, the effects that these treatments had on immune responses to SARS-CoV2 vaccination was not known because these patients had not been included in phase three studies of the approved vaccines. So um, we were naturally concerned that our patients on these therapies might have diminished immune responses to vaccination. Uh, and so, we wanted to set up a study to look at the, that question, uh, and the VIP study was set up to assess immune responses to SARS-CoV two vaccination in patients who were receiving the full breadth of our commonly used immunosuppressive therapies in IBD.
0: Brilliant, and, and I mean, of course, I think you know everybody knows how challenging and uncertain those times were back at the beginning of, of the rollout of uh, SARS-CoV two vaccines. How did you get your study off the ground then? Were there kind of
1: any key struggles involved, any any things you had to really surmount? Yeah, I mean, it's a little difficult to remember those those sort of dark days in, in, in the winter of sort of 2020 going into 2021. Uh, it seems a bit of a blur, but I think like most research in that era, we had to work very fast. Um, the speed with which the vaccination programme was rolled out, well, worldwide, but particularly so in the UK, meant that we had a very limited window in which to get this study up and running such that we could measure what we needed to measure during a a window after the patients had been vaccinated. Um, And of course, these patients were being prioritised for vaccination because of their vulnerability. So we sort of constantly felt like we were trying to react to this moving target and, you know, sudden adjustments to policy. For example, the dosing interval for vaccination was changed in the UK early on. And then there was a decision that immunosuppressed individuals should be given a third dose as soon as eight weeks after their second dose, which hadn't been expected when we were sort of initially setting up the study. So there were lots of moving targets and and, and we had to be flexible in how we designed the study as a, as a consequence. I suppose the key challenge was was recruiting patients and recruiting enough patients in a in a very short time frame. So we were very fortunate that we had this fantastic group of collaborators in the UK IBD community um, who could help us with that. And those included colleagues in Exeter, Cambridge, uh, including at the IBD Bioresource uh, in Edinburgh and and across London, all of whom supported the study and ensured that we we hit our recruitment targets. Um, but even with all of that effort, you know, we, we still found some patient groups were, were difficult to get to. So the, the the obvious one in our study were the JAK inhibitor patients on, on tofacitinib, um, which we found a particularly tricky group to, to find in adequate numbers. Fantastic.
0: Um, I mean, you've you touched there on, on, on design aspects for the study briefly. I just want to go into that in a little more, bit more detail. And so for our listeners who haven't read the papers, are you able to just kind of summarise, what are the overall study design and, and what are the characteristics of the patients that
1: you enrolled? So VIP was a, a prospective case control study. It was uh, rolled out at nine UK centres and we enrolled over 550 participants in the end. And those participants were a mixture of patients with inflammatory bowel disease and healthy controls. The patients with inflammatory bowel disease were recruited in six groups, which covered the six sort of treatment regimens that we use. Uh, and they needed to be uh, established on those treatments for at least 12 weeks prior to inclusion in the study. The treatments were thiopurines as monotherapy, uh, infliximab, the anti-TNF, uh, combination of thiopurine and infliximab, and then ustakinumab, vedalizumab and tofacitinib. So six, six IBD groups. And then our healthy control group, which uh, consisted of people who did not have IBD and were not on any immunosuppressive treatments for any other reason. Um, and it was a, a, a fairly simple study design. We we collected blood samples from these people after their second dose and their ultimately their third vaccine dose to measure their vaccine-induced antibody and T-cell responses against SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. And our primary endpoint was the concentration of uh, anti-SARS-CoV-2 spike protein antibodies in patients on the different treatments as compared to healthy controls importantly we we needed to adjust for certain confounders which were known to influence response um, and those included age the type of vaccine people received and for those who perhaps listening from outside of the uk we used both mrna based vaccines and the uh, oxford astrazeneca adenovirus um, platform in the UK. So we had to adjust for for the impact of the vaccine type. And then finally, prior infection, which became increasingly common as we went through the study.
0: Okay, great. And so then your first paper on the VIP study was published back in February 2022 in our journal. And that was looking at the responses after a second dose of vaccine. Now your new paper then gives the responses after a third dose of vaccine. Uh, What did you find? And uh, how did that compare then to... What what you've seen before?
1: Yes. So to start off with the the good news, I suppose um, we found that after a third dose, all the groups in our study generated a significant boost in their anti SARS CoV two spike antibody concentrations, which was significantly higher than after their second dose. So. There was no question that having a third dose made a significant difference um, in terms of antibody levels. However, those levels were significantly reduced in patients who were receiving infliximab, infliximab and thiopurine con- combination therapy or tofacitinib. The patients on ustekinumab, thiopurine monotherapy and vedalizumab did not have a significant reduction in antibody levels. And these results were broadly similar to those that we'd seen after the second dose of vaccine and are also in line with other studies that have been performed in in Europe, North America, and elsewhere. Uh, The other uh, additional finding in this latest paper is that our tofacitinib recipients also had significantly reduced T-cell responses and they were the only group who showed that. uh, Indeed, infliximab recipients who had the most profound reduction in antibody levels had T-cell responses that were equivalent to healthy controls. Um, But for this tofacitinib group, we're seeing both a reduction in antibody levels and T-cell responses. Although, as I mentioned earlier, this was a group that we found particularly difficult to uh, recruit to, and thus it was a relatively small group of patients, and we should treat these findings with appropriate caution.
0: Right and, and so how do you see then these findings translating into uh, both clinical care and, and kind of broader
1: recommendations then? Yeah so I mean as everyone will know this this pandemic and the vaccination program has been uh, incredibly fast moving and so every time that we we look at a, a response to a vaccine, there seems to be something new on the horizon already. So the latest, I think the latest message is that our results are supporting the rollout of booster doses in immunosuppressed patients with IBD. And I think the key message is that these some of these therapies certainly seem to have uh, or seem to diminish immune responses to vaccination, and particularly we're thinking about anti-TNF and JAK inhibitors. This diminishing of response can be mitigated by the use of booster doses. Um, And I noticed very recently, you've had a letter published from um, the group in Oxford, which suggests that the uptake of booster doses uh, of SARS-CoV-2 vaccines in in patients with IBD has been has been diminishing in the UK, which is perhaps not surprising as the as the pandemic has rolled on. But it's very important um, that we keep reminding our patients and, and clinicians that um, booster doses are important in, in the in this vulnerable group. And so, in the context of um, in, you know we've got these emerging variants of concern, by far and away the most prevalent now being Omicron. And also now some evidence from other studies like Clarity IBD that show that patients treated with anti-TNF are at higher risk of breakthrough infection after vaccination. Our data support the prioritisation of, of future boosting booster doses to, the, to those with diminished responses to vaccination, particularly people on anti-TNF and, and tofacitinib. Fascinating summary. I think you know. I mean, it,
0: it, hearing this morning about the kind of uh, the growing concern around the impending autumn wave, and that's really a key uh, key timely message to get for these patients to get boosted. Then, perhaps then an obvious question, given you know the the, the, the kind of emerging variants and the emerging uh, waves. But where does the VIP study go next?
1: Yeah. So a key a key question for us is how these vaccines and, and indeed the the newer vaccine which uh which these bivalent vaccines which are offering protection against omicron a key question is how well do these uh, to to the vaccines that we have and our patients how well are they are they protected against the 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 newer variants and we've seen huge numbers of infections um since the emergence of omicron with its multiple mutations in the spike protein So, um, we're currently studying how uh, neutralizing antibody responses against these newer variants of concern are impacted by the different treatment groups, different treatments that we're, we're using, uh, or sorry, that our patients are using in this study. Um, And we're hoping to have some data very soon which speaks to that question. And I think we'll back up the the notion that um, we need newer vaccines that are more targeted against um, these variants to continue to protect our patients.
0: Wonderful. Um, Well, Dr. Alexander, thank you very much once again for joining us and taking the time to uh, take us through both from the origins uh, all the way to the outcomes of of the VIP study and beyond. Um, So, yeah, thank you once again. You can read the latest report from the VIP study online now at thelancet.com. Thank you to Dr. Alexander and thank you for listening to this episode of the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast In Conversation With. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation With wherever you usually get your podcasts.